everybody, welcome to the Business Demons podcast. I forgot what we were doing. <laughs> I'm Julia Stock, highly professional business revolutionary with Be Astute, and I'm joined once more by the amazing Vicky Henderson. Are you more with it than me today? Uh, yeah, I think mate, slightly, fractionally. <laughs> Is that it's not hard, dear? <laughs> I didn't say that, Julia. Okay, so we have an exciting question today. What is it? What are we talking about? Uh, how can I get more leads? Okay. In my business into my into the top of my funnel. I need we need more stuff. Yeah, it's one of those universal issues, isn't it? That businesses of all shapes and sizes have on a regular basis, um, because if you're not generating enough leads, then you can't grow. Yeah, exactly. And um, it, it also means that there's, for very tiny businesses, that there's a very, you know, fluctuating, shall we say, month to month income. Even in larger businesses, there can be fluctuating month to month income. Yes, you can't yeah. get those leads in in the first place and then convert them, which yes. is not what we're talking about today. Um yeah, if you don't have the leads, you can't convert them and you can't do the business. Um, and yeah, I've worked in larger companies where the leads have kind of dried up or not been what we need them to be to hit the target. Um, so it's an ongoing issue. Even if you're not growing, um, you know, you can reach a stage where the your ability to generate leads doesn't match the number of leads you need to have in order to even hold steady. Yeah. Um, particularly if you've got lots of projects or things falling off the back end. Um, if you've increased production um, and capacity in order to meet a contract need, you don't tend to want to shrink back down afterwards. That feels like failure. Mm. Yes. So then it's looking at how you can move forward with stuff. Okay, so from a mindset perspective, this is the worst part of the sales process, isn't it? it? It is, yeah, because people talk themselves out of it. Mm -hmm. um, and there, there's a lot of fear involved in many cases of actually going out and doing what needs to be done. Um, and then I also think, um, I've been guilty of this in the past, that you're not actually putting enough, there's not enough action being taken yeah. to generate the leads that you need. So you have to, as in your famous words, you have to up the work rate. Um, so even if you're not worried about, you know, X, Y, or Z necessarily, you know, it's if you're not putting the work rate in, you're not going to get the leads. So of course we have inbound leads and proactive yeah. leads. Um, when you reach a certain stage of success, and it's different for every business, complacency cuts in. Um, and if you're doing a good job, and reputation is everything in this, um, if you have a good reputation, and a better reputation than your competition, then mm -hmm you will go through a stage of having lots of inbound leads. 
and you can expand beautifully without really putting much effort into it. Yes. Um, all good things come to an end. <laughs> <laughs> that state is never going to be permanent. One, because that requires you to perform year in, year out at a level higher than your competition, which is a massive ask. Two, that requires nobody else to come up, do it differently. People are attracted to bright and shiny. Um, if they've worked with you for a period of time, they become complacent about how good you are. Um, and they fall for somebody else's sales nonsense. Um, and that can be quite soul destroying as well. Yes. And I think that there's also the element where, for example, if we take my business. Because it's all about you, darling. Um, you're, and I'm sure there's plenty of other businesses out there. When they finish working with you, they, they go. And there's not necessarily that many ways you can upsell, cross-sell or whatever to keep those people as clients. So you're ha constantly having to make that renewal that you were saying, like with big contracts. It's not like it's a regular monthly thing, whereas, you know, you get to a certain point and you're quite happy. And then, yes, if you lose a client, you're going to have to replace them. But, you know, it's that short termness, so to speak. Um, and I guess you get that with, you know, product based businesses as well, where people buy once, but are they going to buy again sort of thing? But there is only so many dining room tables you need. Well, exactly. That's the problem <laughs> at the end of the day. <laughs> so we seem to have slightly gone off a tangent, but, you know, never mind. We do. We'll yeah. get it back. We've got time. Um, in terms of the cross selling and the upselling, of course, it is our responsibility as business owners to create those opportunities where we can cross sell and upsell so i know as a mindset coach you are brilliant at what you do so for that individual in terms of that service yeah it is kind of a one hit wonder in that they don't need you anymore because you've done such a good job but diversifying and offering complementary products and services that they can move on to um, would be a valid proactive tip tool that you could use in order to create those cross-sell and upsell possibilities. Because you haven't fixed them completely, have you? None of us are fixed completely, not even me. <laughs> um, and also things get in the way. So while, you know, somebody might have sorted out their head nonsense on a normal basis new stress comes in yes and that can put people back into that previously destructive behavior can't it quite easily um theoretically it shouldn't um but yes mindset coaching is a bit like peeling an onion you take one layer off and you might uncover a whole load of other stuff that then rears its ugly head afterwards yeah yeah um so yeah i would focus on the cross sell and the upsell that would be yeah. me in terms of perhaps doing some market research with the clients that you have who love you because they do um 
and actually find out from them what additional services they would like to purchase from you. Mm. We do like to make assumptions in business. Oh, we do. Yes. Yes. Both positive ones, the kind of blindly optimistic, it'll be fine. Um, and also the, no, that's not going to work. No, I'm just going to be interested. I can't do it. I won't do it. Um, assumptions. So, yeah, go and do some market research, darling. There we go. There you go. Um, anyway, back to generating right leads. leads. <laughs> What I find useful, um, particularly if you're quite a visual person, is to draw out your current sales process and start at the beginning with a whole, you know, all the things that you're doing to attract attention. Um, so that's going to include things like websites, social media, um, any advertising that you're doing, any network that you're doing. Um, every possible item of marketing activity that you're doing, it's valid for tiddly little businesses just as much as it is big businesses. Yes. Um, because the bigger you are, the more marketing strands that you have. But realistically, you know, you, you probably want to be trying to get to seven or eight marketing strands, even as quite a small business. Yeah. The difficulty as a small business is you're likely to be doing seven or eight marketing strands really badly. Because you're probably doing them all yourself. <laughs> and you don't really know what you're doing. Yeah, um, or have the time to do it, yes. <laughs> or you've outsourced to somebody who isn't necessarily that much more expert than you are yourself. Um, or because you perhaps haven't been clear in how you've briefed people, it's not necessarily firing on all four cylinders. Um, and also things stop working. <laughs> so it might have worked like a charm and now it's stopped working. Um, or it might have gone from not working to suddenly working like a genius. Yes. So once you've identified all of your different marketing strands, the next stage is to be really rude about them. And it's enormously good for the soul, isn't it? Yes. Um, to go, actually, yeah, my website doesn't have a booking link on it. It doesn't have any video content on it. Um, I haven't really read it for a couple of years. It's looking pretty shabby. It doesn't necessarily reflect who I am or what I do anymore. Um, or I haven't really looked at it in five or ten years. And it's looking really unfashionable because, you know, there are digital trends. Um, you can analyze the data, how many people are, you know, visiting your website, are there particular pages that they love and hate, um, in terms of your networking, what's your work rate, how many referrals are you generating, um, in terms of your advertising, how many leads, let's be data led as well as emotion led, yes. but the data in, should inform the emotion, not the emotion being everything yes absolutely because then once we've slagged it off we need to take a reality check don't we yes um you know i deal with a number of clients who go yes i have to change everything about my website and we then have the conversation on the is this just a displacement activity because it's really easy to slag off your website and then go down a rabbit hole for a month 
playing with it, which is a brilliant excuse as to why you haven't done any of the other things you need to be doing. Yes, exactly. And quite from a mindset point of view, if you get, if you, if you are doing that, you need to sit down and say, actually, what's causing me to do that? What am I avoiding? Oh, yes. Um, all the other and, things in your marketing strands. Yes, exactly. And then how is that impacting my business? Um, yes. And that a lot of it will come back to fear, fear of failure, fear of success, fear of rejection, criticism or judgment. They're the big five. And lots of people think if they have an amazing website, then miraculously everybody's going to find them. And miraculously, it's going to generate a load of amazing, high quality leads. And they don't have to do any of the other bits that they find really uncomfortable. This website is their big white elephant saviour. And yeah, boom, we're done, we're sorted. Um, yeah, and then it sits there looking really pretty and nothing happens. Because that wasn't actually the problem. <laughs> because if nobody's visiting your website in the first place, nobody's noticed it's a bit rubbish. Exactly. Um, and it only has to be good enough. You know, for most businesses, the website is the credibility checker. It's not yeah, it's your doing... shop window, isn't it? Yeah, it's not doing that much selling. No. We need to have it. We want to be driving traffic to it. We need to have really good calls to action on it because if we have managed to drive traffic, then we certainly want to be capturing that. But it's not the be-all and end-all. Um, so really looking at what is working out of these marketing strands, thinking about what marketing strands are you not doing. Mm -hmm. um, there's lots of stuff where it's easy to talk yourself out of it because you've heard horror stories from other people um you know thinking about you know social media advertising some people absolutely swear by it it is the mainstay of how they generate leads in their business and other people f have found it an enormous waste of money um partly that's down to what you're selling um and you know, it's very easy to use advertising if you're selling a thing because there's not much emotion. If you are consultants like we are, it's quite hard to sell yourself via advertising. People aren't just going, oh, yeah, you'll do. Yes, I've tried a lot of print advertising. Since, well, not a lot. I've tried it on a couple of occasions since I started thinking, you know, that this is that doesn't work. No, because it hasn't worked, I should say. So it's either I haven't been in the right place or I haven't had the right words or the right whatever. Exactly. Yes. And that's part of our reflection is I have my 50% rule. 50% of everything that goes wrong is my fault. Doesn't matter how much of a crazy nutter the other person is. Somewhere in that nugget of what they're ranting about is a truth that I can use to improve either my performance or the performance of my business. Yeah. And you need to apply that 50% rule to examining your marketing strands. Mm. How much of this failure for it to work is down to how we have implemented it? Because if how we've implemented the tool is the problem, then stopping using the tool is not the solution. 
No, and I think it's uh, you've just hit the nail on the head. There are very there are lots of people in business, and I certainly get my clients to do this. And a lot of people go, "Oh, never thought about doing that before." They don't reflect enough. They're constantly going, "I've got to do this. I've got to do that. This happens." Da, 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 da. They don't actually ever stop and just reflect and say, "Okay, so you know what's good about that? What's a bit rubbish about that?" how can I improve it? How can I do it differently next time? Um, and people are yeah, not very good at actually giving themselves hmm, critical feedback. Um, I go back 20 years, feel very old. Uh, Chartered Management Institute about 20 years ago had this brilliant wheel infographic of the different activities that would make up a manager's role. Mm-hmm split into I think seven or eight different sectors and I can't find this infographic anymore which is really annoying because it was genius but one of those seven or eight sectors was reflection indicating we should be spending you know a seventh or eighth of our time reflecting on our performance um and yeah you know you reflect in the car you reflect while you're walking a dog you reflect potentially while you're eating lunch I've always found reflection to be easier. Sorry, we need to pause because my husband's an idiot. So I'm now going to have to edit this. Will you kindly get those dogs out of here? I'm recording. It's oh. a reason why I put them in the house. Oh, okay. Pick the damn Come dog on, up. Girls. Let's go this way. Sorry. <sighs> Let's go this way, Frankie. Come on. Well, you can leave one behind. I don't need you to take that one. Bye. Oh, I have no idea what we were talking about. So, reflection. Um, we have to apologise for the gap in the editing um, due to husbandly idiocy. Um, that's all I can put it down to. Um, <laughs> And it's International Women's Day, so um, I can call it husbandly idiocy, can't I? Yeah. Okay, so back to reflection. I can reflect on the husband. Um, Yes, think about a time where you can give yourself the space. Think about the activities that you tend to be doing when you do unintentionally reflect. Um, Because it's different for everybody. And then it's about building that time into your schedule Mm. and making yourself do it. The other thing that's, of course, in the CMI wheel of excitement um, is planning. And lots of people fail to plan. So we should be spending as much time planning as we are reflecting. That's now taking up close to a quarter of people's time. (laughs) And again, I don't do either of those. I don't have the time to do that. Um, And I literally had a session with a client yesterday when they went, I just, you know, never get the, you know, time or the opportunity to plan to which I just glowered at them and went, yeah, you do. Because it's about prioritising that and making the time and seeing that by having a plan, you save yourself time. So... Now we've got our marketing strands and we've doodled all over them. So it's a big piece of paper activity. Um, 
we now need to start planning. So then it's thinking about what we do need to achieve. Um, how many leads do you need to generate? Yeah, and I think that also comes back to at that planning point is you've got to be really honest with yourself. And a lot of people aren't really honest. They go, oh, well, I convert this number of leads. And you're like, well, no, you don't. You know, you're not. Are you? Is your data actually right, or are you only counting the bits that look nice? That one. <laughs> yes. If, you, if your data is not right, you, the planning element is going to be very challenging. How many times have you listened to somebody say, "My conversion rate is amazing once I get in front of them"? Brilliant, but you've missed out the first seven steps of your sales process. Yeah. Um, and so it's really tough for you to hold yourself accountable and. Not even that. I mean, holding yourself accountable makes it sound like you should be beating yourself up. And that's not what we're talking about. It's about being honest with yourself about what is and isn't working. And you should know your conversion rate roughly um, for from these marketing strands, all the mm. activities that I do to get a sale and the activities will be different depending on the marketing strand. Um, and yeah, how many of these do I need to, you know, how many proposals do I have to send out before somebody says yes? Great. How many meetings do I have to have in order to generate a proposal request? How many telephone calls do I have to have in order to set up the meeting? How many inquiries do we have to have to set up the telephone call? What about working proactively? How many random people do I have to meet on the street? <laughs> How many adverts do I have to put out? How much social media do I have to be doing? How much networking? All the rest of it. How much do I need in order to create one phone call? Yes, and a, and a lot of people simply don't know that data. No, but it's actually not that difficult to put your finger in the air and go, actually, I think it's about this. And yeah. the data is probably sitting in your business. Yes. You exactly. just don't want to dig it out because you know you won't like the answer. Yeah. So you, if you can avoid it, we're back to avoidance tactics again. <laughs> yes. If you can avoid it uh, and, and not look at it, you don't then have to reflect on the fact that actually you're not doing enough work. Or you're not throwing enough money at the problem. Or you're not doing the right activities at the right time. Exactly. So those are feelings of shame that we're attaching yes. to those numbers. If we take the shame out of it, because shame doesn't really have any place in running a business. Business is a kind of amoral and shame is a moral feeling, isn't yes. it? Or a moral emotion. Um, so take the shame out of it because it's not helping and look at the data. And I know lots of people hate looking at the data, but the data informs our decision-making. If we know we have to go to 10 networking meetings in order to create one lead, brilliant. Set yourself the target of going to 10 network meetings a month. Reflect on the activities that you do to create that one lead. Yeah. What is it that you're doing? Or 
who is your real target market? Um, I talk to lots of people who go networking and they kind of fall for the nonsense that you're selling through the room, not selling to the room. And it's not complete nonsense because that's where long-term networking success lies. But in the short term, when you've just joined the room, you need to be selling to the room. Yes. And the number of people who don't sell to the room is bonkers. And they actively avoid having one-to-ones and follow-up meetings with people who would potentially be in the market for what they're selling Mm. and focus entirely on people who might be referral partners. And then they wonder why they don't get much return on investment. Mm. So again, it's back to analyzing what we're doing within that marketing strand, just as much as how much we're doing. If you don't have much time, but you are clear around who your target market is, what they look like, smell like, feel like, sounds a bit dodgy, um, then you can spot them across the networking room, whether that's face-to-face or online, you can be going, yeah, you said something and I like that. Let's try and make that work. So it doesn't have to be just a numbers thing. Do less, do it more effectively, you'll have a bigger impact. The data will tell you that. Yes. And then we come back to at that point um, for a lot of people is that feeling of do you, is your self-worth in the right place mm-hmm. and is your uh, your ability to sell yourself in the right place for many small businesses because if you've got a mindset block around that Um, it then becomes much more difficult when you're having these one-to-ones with people and going networking because, you know, the imposter syndrome might slip in or you're you're not making the right moves. So you also have to have a bit of reflection around what your mindset is when you're walking into a networking room, for example, or you're about to get on a phone call Mm -hmm. to make sure that you're not actually sabotaging your own lead generation seems like a sensible place to end now of course you and i run a program called vanquish your sales demons we certainly do which basically pushes people to sort this stuff out it's thought i'd get in the blatant advertising plug um they can find information on the bsg website um or they can track us down on our linkedin profile um and yeah if this kind of stuff is really bogging them down then and we've talked about the kind of pragmatic stuff of analyzing what's going on we've talked about the mindset stuff we are of course available to help them and support them with both sides aren't we we absolutely are yes it's a fabulous program that's had quite a lot of success for quite a lot of people it has and i really enjoy running it as well yeah um yes on that note i think we probably need to end um so in terms of lead generation um yeah, basically analyze it and call yourself out on your nonsense. Sounds like a good place to stop there. Improve the quality of what you're doing as well as improving the quantity. Unless yeah. your quantity is already off the scale ridiculous. Yeah, and be really honest with yourself. You're not as perfect as you think you are. You're also not as shit as you think you are. And you're not, a, yeah, exactly. That was going to be my next phase. <laughs> there we go (laughs) brilliant i will see you again next week darling super thank you very much